Fire Nation in the house, JLD here, and welcome to episode 1540 of EO Fire, where I chat with today's most successful entrepreneur seven days a week, and we have a free eight-day goals course for you at freegoalscourse.co, get goal-focused, Fire Nation. Now, let's chat with today's featured guest, Mr. Will Schroeder. Will, are you prepared to ignite? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Will Fire Nation is a serial entrepreneur and he's the founder and CEO of startups.co. We'll take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us just a little glimpse of your personal life. I've got a, a son named Will uh, who just joined us about four months ago. One L or two. Uh, with one L. Okay, so he's following his father's footsteps. I like. Yeah, it. yeah. Uh, my actually, my middle name is Will, and so he doesn't become a junior. Uh, and if if Will doesn't work out for him, his middle name is Thor because his dad's a huge Marvel fan. So I love that. Ends, yeah, <laughs> I'm already choosing Thor for him. By the way, <laughs> I know, I know. it's kind of hard not to. Uh, but yeah, so so I've got uh, a son and a daughter. Uh, uh, my daughter's four years old. The uh, squad of us: me, my wife, my daughter, and my son. Uh, we travel every two weeks between Columbus, Ohio, and San Francisco. We live in both uh, places, and uh, and we are a very busy, active family. We go everywhere together. Yeah, it's kind of funny. A lot of people might say, oh, like San Francisco and Columbus, like could you get more different? But I happen to have a very dear, close friend, Amy Schmidtauer, who lives in Columbus. I know, and Amy. yeah, she raves about Columbus. I mean, she mm-hmm. just says it is just like such a hop in a place. Like, why does it? I don't want to say it has a bad rap because it doesn't, but why does it have no rap? Like nobody would ever talk about Columbus being from either coast. That's true. And and I'm not from Columbus myself. I grew up in Southern Connecticut I, and I came out uh, to go to school here in my second year at, at the Ohio State University. And uh, uh, Columbus is the 15th largest city, which is to say it's big enough. There's about uh, 1.5 million people, wow. uh, but it's a college town. And so, you know, it's, it's not typically known for, uh, you know, industry, et cetera. Uh, it's a very white collar college town. It's a very young town. Uh, you know, the, the population here, because the, the, the large university, uh, tends to be very similar to Austin without kind of some of the uh, cool, quirky nature of Austin. Yeah. And I mean, I'll get some of these names wrong, but things that Amy says about Columbus is like there's, you know, the headquarters or one of the bigger uh, headquarters of um, Victoria's Secret and like Gucci and like all these other things. So she's like, hey, for me, like I, I can just go shopping at like the biggest headquarters <laughs> and centers all day long. So so she loves it. So guys, if, if someone ever says, hey, let's go check out Columbus, like go check it out. I mean, 1.5 million, that's bigger than my state, which is Maine. So <laughs> going back and forth between the two, between Columbus, Ohio and, uh, and San Francisco, uh, they are two very, very different environments, but that's also a lot of the benefit. Uh, we built our business startups.co in Columbus. Uh, we've got 150 people. Um, and you know, most of our cores in Columbus, although we're fairly distributed, but given the fact that we help startups for a living, uh, obviously a lot of the action is in San Francisco. So it's actually great to build a company in Columbus, but given what we do, uh, if we want to be in the mix, we've got to travel a bit. So, Will, what would you say your area of expertise is? Break that down in just a couple of sentences. Yeah, I only understand one thing, and that's how to start companies. I can't tell you if your company is going to be successful. I can't tell you how to IPO your company. But if you want to start a company, if you want to go through the process from idea to launch, there are very few people that have more cycles on this process than I do. Okay, let's talk about this for a second, because you know how to start companies. What's something that we as entrepreneurs don't know that you think that we probably should? 
it's very multidimensional, right? There's, there's not that, that one Yoda moment where it's if you know this one thing, you've got entrepreneurship figured out. Everybody tries to boil it down to a silver bullet, and that just doesn't really exist. Um, and part of it, though, you know, if, if you were to, to broaden it, most of this journey is emotional. It's not tactical. People think that if I've got a business book and it explains entrepreneurship to me that it must be a joyride. Every entrepreneur I talk to, uh, and I talk to thousands and thousands just like you do, their stories uh, and their highlight reel are about the emotions they went through. It's very rarely about critical business binary decisions that they had. Um, and so for most entrepreneurs, uh, they get into this game and they get freaked out by how hard it is and how distracting it is and how lonely it is, et cetera. And most of the time I spend with folks is explaining that the, the emotions in the roller coaster, that is the journey. There's no other version of this where everything's just really cool. It's not like getting a job where you just work a little bit harder and then you get promoted from time to time and it's a very linear path. This thing's a total shit show and it is for everyone and there's no other version of it. Okay, so you broadened it out a little bit. I want to niche it back down. Shoot. What's one thing, and again, I know there's hundreds, but what's one thing that you're just sometimes maybe surprised that entrepreneurs don't know or that you're just like, dang, I just wish that entrepreneurs knew this, getting into this? That there are a few different paths to success, and I know people uh, inherently know that, but you'd be surprised at how many people I talk to that say, okay, uh, I, I want to build a big business. I want to uh, maybe raise some money. Someday I want to get to $100 million and, and uh, an IPO a company. And so I ask folks, I say, why? Why do you want to do that? And they say, well, because this is a big idea, the world needs it, et cetera. I said, but, but why not make this a million-dollar company that makes $500,000 a year? And they say, well, what do you mean? I was like, I've never met anybody that, that uh, has a million-dollar company making $500,000 a year that isn't overwhelmingly excited about that outcome. Yeah. But why aren't you talking about that outcome? And, and they said, well, you know, my understanding is that bigger is better. If we can scale this thing, that's, that's the big outcome. And I said, look, it's not about uh, how big the company can be or how rich you can make investors. It's about how it affects you, right? You know, what are your goals? And, and, and how do you build something around those specific goals? I think you'd be shocked at how many people have never really thought down to the penny what their goals should be. Mm. Such valuable insight. So, well, let's shift to your journey specifically now. And let's talk about your worst entrepreneurial moment within that journey. So take us to that day. Tell us that story. That would certainly be when I first started. Uh, I had a really bizarre uh, entrepreneurial career. And every entrepreneur does. Uh, mine started because I had no interest in business whatsoever. Uh, I grew up growing up in Southern Connecticut. I, I graduated at the bottom of my class in high school. Uh, I had no interest in going to college whatsoever. Really, no one in my family had ever gone to college, and uh, in my family, pretty much the day you graduated high school, uh, you were on your own. And college wasn't an option. I thought I'd go become a carpenter like my dad, uh, and and that worked out great for me. Uh, what ended up happening was right around the time that I was uh, almost ready to graduate high school, uh, there was folks going around the lunch table talking about where everybody was going to college. And at that moment, it didn't even occur to me that I would ever go to college or that anybody was going to college. But it turns out all my friends were going to college. And so uh, the conversation comes back to me and they said, Will, uh, where are you going to college? And I said, oh, I'm going to University of Connecticut. Totally lied, right? Like I hadn't even taken the <laughs> SATs, right? Like I, I just didn't want to take the only idiot that hadn't gone to college. And so word gets back to my family that I've been accepted to college. So I did a very unusual thing. I actually went to college for an entire year without actually being a student. I literally faked it for an entire year. 
Um, I even had to come up with uh, a major and everything else like that. And there's a long story to how all that went, but I'll fast forward to the part where it relates to my <laughs> entrepreneurial career. Uh, at that point, I had to get two full-time jobs. I was going to school uh, on the weekends to, to try to uh, basically audit classes to get grades that I could actually get into school. And uh, uh, at that moment, I am so broke. I am like, I have tens of dollars in my bank account. In fact, it was so bad that when I wanted to uh, take money out of the ATM, there's actually a limit where like I needed, say, like $16, and they wouldn't dispense more than $20. And, and I actually couldn't get money to eat because the ATM wouldn't give me small enough bills. That was a low point even career-wise. But as you start to translate that into becoming an entrepreneur, around that time in my uh, second year of college, uh, I also wanted to be able to, to start a company. Because I had heard, I'd, I'd read this, this magazine called Forbes that I'd never seen before, that people who start companies don't necessarily need any formalized education. And again, this was this concept that like it was the Steve Jobs era where you could uh, start something out of, of nowhere. And mind you, this was circa 93, 94. So this is long before Yahoo, Facebook, and all the stories that would kind of define uh, uh, internet entrepreneurs. But I'd heard that basically you needed no qualifications to become an entrepreneur. So by way of that, I decided that I wanted to become an entrepreneur. And that was kind of my, my step into business was, was starting something. The question is what? And in 93, 94, I was one of the few people on the planet that had a unique skill where I could build something called a web page. And when I told my friends and I told my uh, guidance counselor at, at Ohio State uh, that I was going to quit school and I was going to uh, uh, start an internet company, the question wasn't uh, what kind of internet company. The question was, what's the internet? <laughs> <laughs> there was a time. And uh, anyway, so I start this company with probably $100 to my name in total. And over the next few years, we were literally building some of the first web pages for, for some of the first corporate sites on the internet. And at first, it was awesome. Because for the first time in my life, people were, were paying me um, to do work using my mind versus my hands, because I was doing pretty much all manual labor prior to that. Uh, but over the next few years, um, I didn't understand finance. I didn't understand anything other than if I needed more money, I could apply for more credit cards. I could take on more debt. And within the first few years, I was over $100,000 in personal debt. Wow. Yeah. Um, the kind of debt you'll never repay in a million years, the kind of debt where once you've dropped out of college and you have no prospects whatsoever, uh, that there's no way out of. Now, in today's terms, uh, we often tell the story where everything turned around and things went really well. And frankly, they did. But you know what? At that moment, laying in bed at three in the morning saying, what the hell did I get myself into? Yeah. There is no glory in that moment. There is no version where I'm having nightly panic attacks over how much trouble I've gotten myself into, where I'm thinking, this was a great idea. This is going to turn out <laughs> really well. All I thought to myself was, this was the dumbest thing I've ever done. This is going to end horribly. Every single person that told me that this was a terrible idea is going to be so incredibly right, and that's going to burn me for the rest of my life. And I remember specifically laying in bed in my campus apartment thinking about what an abject failure I had become. That was definitely the lowest moment in my career. What did turn it around? I mean, how did you come out of that hole? I mean, was it declaring bankruptcy? Was it just understanding like how to actually start to turn a profit and willing down that debt? I mean, what happened? It was sheer perseverance, and, and let me give it more detail than just that. So this is the beginning of 1997. 
Uh, again, I'm in six-figure debt, uh, personal debt. I'm maybe 22 years old at that point. And uh, we're building this business. Business is called Blue Diesel, which was, again, one of the first web design companies, one of the first interactive agencies. And uh, we're doing great work, right? We've got a small team. We're doing great work for some big-name clients. Uh, but just it costs so much to get the business started, even though we were paying our team next to nothing. Uh, we just didn't have enough income. We didn't know how to charge for things. Uh, we were doing websites for $500 at the beginning of that year, not realizing that that companies would be willing to pay us uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. for the same work. We just didn't know any better. And uh, in about halfway through that year, I get introduced to uh, what was a client at the time, which was another small uh, traditional agency in Columbus, Ohio. And I talked to one of the, the uh, executives that had come on board to kind of take over the agency. And I said, what if we could combine our interactive capabilities with your traditional agency capabilities? And that was a big idea at the time. And we decided to bring the two companies together. Well, not a few months after that, uh, we get an opportunity as a combined agency of maybe 40 people uh, to pitch a company called Eli Lilly, who's famous for making the product Prozac, the big pharmaceutical company. And we go in there, this tiny little company, and we get to pitch against some of the biggest agencies out there. Um, in that time, I'm in, I'm, I'm in a pitch. There's me and 20 other people from the agency pitching uh, the, the senior staff at Lilly. And in that time, I'm thinking to myself, we're pitching for millions of dollars of business. And not six months ago, I was doing websites for $500, right? I mean, if you think of like what a dramatic that changes. Six months ago, I was sitting in bed, staring at the ceiling, saying, what did I do with my life? Now I'm working with a combined agency pitching for millions of dollars of business. Mm. And, where, and where things truly turned around is we had that year one of the most lopsided wins in agency history. Uh, Lily not only awarded us the business, they gave us their entire franchise of business, which uh, yielded $250 million a year worth of billings. And at that point, uh, things got real. The company ended up scaling. And I think uh, you know the combined company, which is more 20 different times, in fact, it just got bought for... $3.8 billion a, a couple weeks ago by another private equity company. And I have nothing to do with it, but it's obviously gone on to become a much bigger company. Um, it, it just, in the beginning and end of that year, couldn't have been more different. Okay. Um, just picked my jaw off the ground there with that $250 <laughs> million. Let's kind of maybe break into what exactly your lessons learned from that are. Like, what do you want to make sure that our listeners, these entrepreneurs, these small business owners, Fire Nation gets from your story? You have no idea what the next door uh, has behind it, right? Like every one of us thinks that there's some like definable linear path where, you know, year over year, it's going to continue to grow. The business will continue to, to show that it's working. And the truth is it doesn't show that it's working. That's the problem. You're constantly running into the abyss and you don't know if things are going the right way or the wrong way. And everyone's looking for that affirmation, that mentor that can tell them everything is going to be all right. But most of us are inventing the future. We specifically don't know how it's going to turn out. But we all want those affirmation moments to say, well, if I just work a little bit harder, by the end of this year, things will work. And I can tell you, having done nine businesses over the last 23 years, and now having watched hundreds of thousands of startups grow, no one has that answer. It takes far longer than you think it does. And there, there's no uh, magic leprechaun that comes and explains to you that everything's going to be great. 
So, Will, what I kind of want to move into right now is today. I mean, we've been talking a lot about your past. I mean, 93, and people don't even know what the word internet meant, and like your <laughs> growth, and just like you picking yourself up off the ground, dusting yourself off, and then rocking it. But what today are you most fired up about in your business world? You know, what we do at Startups.co is we're helping people go from, from concept to launch, right? And so we're really helping founders through the startup process. But what's amazing to me is that really the startup process is still really messed up. You know, there's 40 million businesses that get started globally every year and 40 million people that don't know what they're doing. And it blows my mind that for such a huge industry that is entrepreneurship, so to speak, that there's so much terrible information or guidance uh, that exists for these entrepreneurs. And I think there's a real opportunity to change that. I think there's a real opportunity to create, just like you are, a tremendous amount of guidance for, for founders to really help them on a, a productive path. So Fire Nation, this is what Will has progressed into. I mean, this journey that he's been on, and now here he is talking today about what he's fired up about, and you know, it's it's about startups. I mean, what was that number you threw out there, Will? You said 40 million? Per year. I mean, that's insane. It is insane, and, and if you really think about the cost of founders failing. Now look, founders fail, that's okay. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not awesome. Uh, you know, I've been in success and failure. Uh, there's nothing fun about failure. Uh, you know, we talk about it as being noble. It's just nobody wants to fail. Uh, it just it happens. It's like losing a football game. Like nobody wants to lose, but but you played and, and sometimes you do. That said, the cost of failure, uh, the cost of great products or great entrepreneurs or great organizations not being not existing in the world pisses me off. Mm. Right. The idea that good companies, that good entrepreneurs could have made it save for a couple bad decisions that were made because they lacked education, they lacked tools, they lacked resources, they lacked motivation. That drives me insane. Uh, the fact that there aren't more founders because of simple, stupid uh, derailings. So powerful. So Fire Nation, if you've been getting value bombs thus far, just wait for the lightning rounds. We're going to take a quick minute first to thank our sponsor. Fire Nation, my three greatest strengths are productivity, discipline, and focus. And it took me four years to master these skills, and they are the reason that I've been able to build EO Fire into a multi-million dollar a year business. Good news, I've created a step-by-step guide for you to master these three skills as well in 100 days. It's called The Mastery Journal. Master productivity, discipline, and focus in 100 days. To learn more and begin your journey of mastering these skills, visit themasteryjournal.com. So many people are focused on increasing their website traffic, and the problem with the strategy is that the result is usually more unqualified leads landing on your site, otherwise known as wasted traffic. What if you could instead convert more of your current traffic into leads? How can you accomplish this? Simple. FireUp.co. FireUp.co is what we use at EO Fire to turn our website traffic into leads and email subscribers. The best part, it is free. Learn more at FireUp.co. Will, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? I am. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I didn't know any better. Uh, no one in my family had been an entrepreneur, no one that I knew had been an entrepreneur. Uh, when I was starting, entrepreneurship was, was something you did because you weren't qualified to do anything else. It, it didn't have nearly the sheen that it has now. Uh, no one was telling me it was a good idea. There was no point of reference that said, yes, you can do it. There is no such thing as a, a 19-year-old uh, tech entrepreneur 
when I was getting started. Now you had Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, but those were like comparing yourself to Superman. Whereas now there's you know thousands of them. It was it was a new phenomena, and uh, nothing prepared me in any way other than just knowing I was qualified for nothing else. I mean, there's 1,500 plus just on EO Fire alone, Fire Nation. <laughs> what is the best advice you've ever received? Sometimes it's, it's watching others and seeing what you could have done. The best advice I got by watching others was that entrepreneurship and success takes a really long time. If you really dig into the, the, the length and in, in time that goes into uh, some of the, the greatest companies you know, Nothing happens in two years, right? And we're in a business where we expect things to happen quickly because we see these big pops and we see these companies get venture funded and the growth, et cetera. But if you really dig behind the scenes, these, these companies were churning it out for years and years and years with, with no indication whatsoever that things would be successful. So early on in my career, I kind of just gave up on looking for those success signs and just saying, I'm just going to go heads down. And if, it, if it's going to break, it's going to break. But I'm going to stop trying to pretend that I'm going to get some kind of golden validation along the way. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? One thing I do every day, and this, is, this helps me so much because I've got incredible ADD. First thing I do in the morning uh, when I get up and I clear uh, my eyes is I sit down on my computer, I throw up a blank document, and I write as fast as I can. Um, I, don't, I don't write sequential narrative where I'm writing a story. I just write bullet points, every single thing that's in my head, as fast as I can. Because what I found was the more stuff I can get out of my head, the more I can do with the stuff that's in my head. And that technique has served me well for 20 years. Can you share an internet resource with our listeners? The only thing I've been using uh, ridiculously is actually Google Keep. I don't know. It's, it's kind of a little known uh, hack, but it's just a, a note-taking app. And this thing has made my life so easy because it allowed me to kind of visualize all the pieces of my mind that are kind of spinning at any given time. Love that. And what about a book if you could recommend and why? Boy, this time last year, you know, at the end of every last year, I spend about two to three weeks where I just completely unplug and I think about a, a single topic that's really important to me. And last year, the topic was wellness. And uh, I, I consumed a bunch of books, but one of them that for some reason stuck was um, was Transcend by Ray Kurzweil. And, uh, and he covers basically all the things you'd need to do to live forever. Um, everything from supplementation, you know, things you put in your body, to meditation, exercise, uh, relationships, etc. And man, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I read books very cynically, right? I read every book like it's, it's full of shit. But I got to tell you, I, I practiced some of the things that, that Ray put in there, and it was pretty life-changing transcendence fire nation so will let's end today on fire with a parting piece of guidance from you the best way that we can connect with you and uh, then we'll say goodbye what's been most transformative to me hasn't been the the, the companies i've built or, or anything that i've done to kind of contribute to success it's been stepping back and saying i'm not going to spend any time working on anything until it's fully aligned with what makes me happier and that sounds trite try it it's really, really hard. I've met very few people who can actually say that they get up in the morning and what they work on is what they truly, truly love. Startups.co isn't a market opportunity where I'm trying to see if there's an opportunity to sell stuff to entrepreneurs. Startups.co is a hack for me, for me to be able to sit across from entrepreneurs and talk shop all day, because all I care about, because it's all I enjoy. And so for me, uh, I've really aligned what I love to do with what I get to do every day. And I just happen to find a way to get paid for it. And what's the best way that we can connect with you and your company? 
I'm super accessible. Uh, I answer all of my email. I'm Will with one L or two at startups.co. Uh, and you know what's funny? For as often as I give my email out and I give it to everybody all the time, it goes out in millions of emails that I uh, mm. that come out of startups.co. You know, har- it, hardly anybody ever emails me. You would think I get hundreds of thousands right. of emails. Polar opposite. Uh, and, and I'm always willing to help entrepreneurs in any way possible. Uh, I'm shocked at how few people take me up on it. Okay, let's do this. I mean, well, it's January 8th of 2017 that this interview is going live. So I'm going to obviously remind you the day this goes live via email. Um, but Fire Nation, you just heard. Let's let's throw down, or, or I should actually just say the opposite. Let's take up that challenge and email well. W-I-L at startups.co. That's W-I-L at startups.co. Email Will. Just say, thank you, Will, for being on EO Fire, or just say, Will, I have a question. Can you answer it? Let's take take him up on this little challenge that he's thrown down here. Nobody emails Will. Nobody emails Will. Fire Nation, let's change that. And Will, let me know. Email me on uh, the 9th of January and either make fun of me because Fire Nation didn't email you or say, wow, John, Fire Nation really stu- stood up and uh, took this challenge. How does that sound? Yeah, I'm going to say I'm upset. It's like I've got a thousand emails in my inbox. <laughs> Thanks a lot for that, John. That worked out great. <laughs> Fire Nation, let's, let's make Will upset. And Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You've been hanging out with WS and JLD today, so keep up the heat. And head over to eofire.com. Just type Will, that's with one L or two, in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with everything we chatted about today. Best show notes in the biz, timestamps, links galore. And again, that's will at startups.co. Email him. Will, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, brother, we salute you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Take care. Hey, Fire Nation. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Will today. And side note, I really hope that you take me up on that challenge to email Will at startups.co because that would just be awesome. And turn your website visitors into leads and customers with fireup.co. It is amazing. It's free. What are you waiting for, Fire Nation? I'll catch you over there or I'll catch you on the flip side.